Bloody Elbow presents the Hey Not The Face podcast, the show that brings you the business side of combat sports, including contract review, financial analysis, fighter pay issues, and more. Hey Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, John S. Nash, joined by his producer, Steffi Haynes. Hello and welcome to Hey, Not the Face with your host, John Nash, and your producer, me, Steffi Haynes. And today we are going to talk boxing, and we've got a lot of boxing to talk about with you guys. We've been away for roughly a month because of the holidays, and so much has happened in that space. So we're going to fill y'all in. But first, let's check in with our leader over here. John, how the hell are you? And how were your holidays? Uh, good. Holidays were good. Happy New Year. Happy. We all, we all made it to 2024. Let's, I don't, well, I guess we'll lay the odds to make it to the next year. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I had a good holiday. Hopefully you had one too. I sure did. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and dive right in and take the nasty plunge here. And I want to talk about this rumor of top rank being for sale. And not only that, that the UFC is looking to buy it. I want to get your overall take on that rumor. And I want you to tell me why the UFC might want to buy them and why they might not want to buy them. Well, the first should be noted, the rumor comes from Rick Glazer, who, uh, is um how do I put this kindly notoriously known for not being in, have inside information most of the time <laughs> so uh he he's got a few things right he he made, announced or I guess he broke the news or whatever that you have uh, Showtime would be closing its uh its boxing uh department actually the whole the whole network closed but he he called that right so he got that right but he's he's made announcements and statements before that ended up not panning out so so I would take this with a grain of salt that uh, that they're buying. The other the rumor too is it's not UFC that would be buying Top Rank. It would be Endeavor. So there's a possible there's you know there's and there's been rumors for years that Endeavor has thought about getting into boxing. And we know about Zufa Boxing the the announcements that never went anywhere. So it doesn't seem that unrealistic. But again, I would put that it's uh, it's I would have a caveat that uh, the source is not 100 percent trustworthy. We had Dana White come out and say that this is categorically untrue, but we saw him say the same exact thing in 2016 before the UFC sale became official when everybody heard the rumors and all the media outlets were talking about it. He came out and did the same exact thing. This is categorically untrue. So when you look at this, do you think there's a chance? I mean, I think there's definitely a chance because, well, one, as you note, uh, if, if Dana White denies it, that's no evidence that it's true or not. He has repeatedly said stuff in the past that ended up being the opposite. I remember when he said uh, Tito and Chuck were definitely going to fight for the third time after that ultimate fighter season. Mm-hmm. And Tito ended up being injured. So, I mean, he has a, a, just a long list of statements like that. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that says it could be true and – and not 
not inside information. One was we know that Top Rank's been for sale for years. Uh, Bob Bob Aram has come out publicly and talked about selling a portion or the the whole company. We know that there's an uh, Endeavor uh, has had some interest, some discussion with uh, looking into boxing. There was some look and some talk a few years back with PBC. Uh, we know that's true. We know that uh, it makes some sense for them to acquire a boxing promotion endeavor because they have this. They built up this, developed this uh, department that can sell, you know, media sell media rights and sponsorship for pro wrestling and box and for MMA. A boxing brand could take advantage of that too. So you now you have a similar sport but different that you could go to the same people and try to sell more material for. Also, boxing serves, especially top rank, is on ESPN, and that's you know an alternative to MMA on ESPN. So it would give you more leverage in your negotiating for TV deals. So all this stuff, endeavor buying a boxing promotion or, or acquiring it or doing something makes sense because they could really take advantage of the machine they built for the UFC. And for pro, you know now for uh, pro wrestling to sell uh, sponsorship and broadcast rights, and and basically bring in more revenue for a boxing promoter, and also use them as leverage for the other stuff. But just as much as it makes sense, there's some things that tells me that it doesn't make sense. And one is that boxing, uh, the the big hit against boxing, the the margins are really low. You know, the the margins you have to pay the boxers a big percentage of the revenue, and so you don't make much profit. And that's probably unappealing, as we've seen it from Endeavor's uh, uh, business model with uh, PBC Wrestling, with WWE and UFC, is they look for things where the, the athletes don't make much money and then they can get high profit margins. And so boxing would be against that. So you'd be like, is it, is it worth having a sport where you make a much smaller percentage instead of a large percentage? Your EBITDA would now shrink because of this. Your margins would. And on top of it, I've, I've several people have told me before that Endeavor has been worried in the past that one of their primary concerns, and this struck me as kind of did, didn't make sense to me, but they people have said this that Endeavor is always worried that if they acquire a boxing promotion under the same roof as the UFC, then they're worried about the expansion of the Ali Act to, to MMA, and the theory would be that you would have a direct comparator under the same roof. And people, you know, that would lead to people questioning why is this not being regulated the same way when the same company is running both almost identically. Um, I, I, I mean, that that's their strong. I could see the reasoning if if the UFC was buying Top Rank or TKO. But the one thing that makes it possible that they don't aren't concerned about anymore is you could have the UFC under TKO, a separate company now, and then Endeavor could have Top Rank. So that makes it seem like maybe that's a possibility that they're now kicking the can, kicking the wheels, I mean, of a boxing promotion because the idea is as long as we've moved UFC to TKO, it's no longer the risk it was before. What about the timing? Because we have this uh, lawsuit coming up, the antitrust lawsuit coming up in April. Could this negatively impact them if they were to purchase would it be a bad look to the jury to the judge whatever i don't think it would be in, entered into evidence because it would be considered a different promotion especially if if the ufc is now in a separate entity under tko and this was done under, under a different umbrella as part of the sports operational group under endeavor um, then you'd have some separation. If now, if, if the TKO bought top rank or the UFC bought top rank, that could look bad 
probably not for this case, but the future one, because you could do a direct comparison of why you have this different business model that pays different amounts, right? But if long as it's Endeavor, if it was Endeavor that acquired them in top rank and it was the UFC was still in a, in, under in a separate company now because they, they they moved them off to TKO, then I don't see a problem because they are – I mean even in the, the, the case, they argue that boxing and MMA are two different marketplaces. And so you really can't – you can use it as a yardstick comparison uh, and it makes – if it's under the same roof, the same company, it makes the yardstick comparison – uh, more likely. I mean, I guess that's one threat risk is if you want to make a yardstick comparison for the next lawsuit, the Johnson case, because we've already got all the discovery done for Lee, you would have this, you could go look right in the books of top rank and say, Hey, how come you're paying Lomachenko this much, but your, your star attraction of your pay-per-view and the UFC gets one third, what he's getting one fourth. What about broadcast partners? Like if they were to get top rank, because we just saw, PBC, you know, they were in a precarious situation there for a second when the news came out that Showtime Sports was going away, their whole sports division, boxing, everything. But they ended up landing with Amazon. So if UFC were to get top rank, uh, obviously they're with ESPN right now, but how long would that last? Like, do we know uh, the length of the contract top rank has with ESPN right now? Yeah, though I believe I'm going off memory. I believe it runs through August 2025. So we we're in the situation right now that the UFC is in this year with ESPN and negotiations. So they would be approaching that towards the end of this year, right? They would Yeah, they, exactly. Start- and also it'd be, I mean they would it would if that's where it kind of makes some sense if you could bundle them because you give a lot more negotiating leverage because your two entities that draw combat sports fans and, and kind of serve the same purpose are up at the same time. And so if you own both, you could use them both against ESPN. Like you, you have to come to a deal on both of them perhaps, or you lose both of these. Now I'm going to throw you a curveball here. What about golden boy? Could they possibly be in the running for the UFC to snatch up if they wanted a promotion maybe not as expensive as top rank. Because to me, it seems like Golden Boy really only has Ryan Garcia right now. And just the other day, I saw an interview with Oscar De La Hoya where they asked him, have you squashed the beef between yourself and Dana White? He says, there is no beef. I have no problem whatsoever. It almost seemed like he was falling all over himself to make sure the air was clear. So could Golden Boy be a viable option for the UFC? Would they even think about looking that way? I can see Golden Boy being up, for one, because they are somewhat struggling. But I don't think they'd be as enticing a buy because, for one thing, uh, Top Rank has an incredible library. Mm. that's one thing they've, they've kept and in, in, in curated and stuff. They have this great library of classic boxing matches that is, you know, I, I think would be, you know, fight. If, if you're Endeavor, UFC fight, putting the the library that has all those Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler and all you know, Ali matches and stuff on the uh, on fight pass. Right. That's valuable to them. That alone. So you got that going for them. You also have a roster and the relationships, the co-promotion relationships Aram has put together with like Inouye and Frank Warren and Fury. So you have this roster of just a lot, lot of stars where if you look at Golden Boy, 
it's, you know, Ryan Garcia is by far their biggest star. And he, mm-hmm. he's got one foot out the door with them because he doesn't seem to get along with Oscar at all. And then what you got Jaime Munguia. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's it's a huge drop up. They don't have much in the way of star power uh, and, and even up and coming talent. So, I, I mean, you could if you want to. I don't know what the price that depend on the asking price, but I don't know if it'd be it'd probably much lower than what uh, what Oscar would want. And is it worth acquiring it instead of just building your own promotion at some point? Right. Because you're not really, what are you getting with those, that, that collection of, um, of boxers? Not many. Right. So let's switch gears here because the other really big boxing news that came out, and it just came out yesterday, was that Francis Ngannou will be fighting Anthony Joshua. Uh, the tentative date that's out right now is March 8th. It's going to happen in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Let's talk about Francis Ngannou getting that damn bag again. You said something really funny to me yesterday when we spoke privately about this. You said uh, Francis needs a bigger bag to put all the other bags in. (laughs) And I love that. So talk about the bag that Francis is going to get from this. Well, it's it's I think it's going to be mind blowing to a lot of uh, MMA fans and other fighters and stuff. Uh, he is, there's a good chance people have been talking. In fact, I'm sure that Forbes is looking at, it seems likely there's a good chance that this fight goes through. There's not an injury or anything calling off that he makes the Forbes top 50 athletes this year. Wow. Uh, because he made, you know, over 10 million, not people are like 10 million only. He made over 10 million. Uh, I don't think he made over 20 million, but sometimes somewhere in the teens of the tens of millions for 10 million for, uh, against uh, Fury, that first fight. And he's going to make more than twice that for this. So you're looking at over 40 million combined uh, with uh, for those two for those two boxing matches because his, pi- his price, that performance against Fury has actually created more demand for Ngannou, right? Yeah. He didn't have as much leverage before. Now he has much more leverage, much more interest. And in Saudi Arabia, apparently the, they really like him, want to put as part of their heavyweight roster. So he is going to be making, you know, and then he throw in whatever additional, I mean, you know, it's funny that sponsorship is so exaggerated by fans now. It's like the new, uh, the new locker room bonuses. Whenever a fighter, you don't think he makes much, he made millions in sponsorship, but <laughs> and Gano probably makes a couple, a few million in sponsorship, not like other athletes, but a few million in sponsorships over the year. But he's going to be right on the cusp. Maybe won't make it, but he's going to be close to being on that Forbes list. So. He's got a massive bag. And if he does good and this fighter wins, oh my God. The next the next payout's just gonna be just insane. I mean, we are uh we are crossing we're we're gonna be crossing biggest, highest paid fighters in the world type territory. Uh if uh not the highest, but he'll be up there in the top handful of people. And uh if he if he wins this match or as a even if he has an incredibly good close showing because it sets up another fight, and then he still can have the the uh, fury rematch in the uh on the table. Or or even I guess if Deontay Wilder beats his next opponent and, and Gano has a good performance, you still have a big fight there. I mean there's still there's just tons, let's just put there's tons of potential options for him as long as, long as he doesn't look terrible in this fight. So I mean, he uh, looked fantastic in the first fight, so I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to see anything but fantastic from him. Yeah, I think he's going to—he's caught a lot of people off guard at how 
I mean, people forget he he entered MMA wanting to be a boxer. Yeah. And yeah, you might say, oh, his boxing and MMA looks terrible, but that's because it's also MMA. And yeah, and he brings attributes to boxing that really translate, I think. And he's a pick, quick learner. And I mean, you got to favor and this is off, you know, not off the money subject, just on the fight. You got to favor Joshua just because sure. the experience and the what he's demonstrated, you know, but uh, the, the I wouldn't Joshua is not the favor over Nganu that, you know, Nganu is, is a, as a serious chance in boxing where, uh, McGregor, I gave no Never chance. Did. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, and, since you brought up McGregor, I have a question for you. Let's say that Conor McGregor only fights, uh, presumably at international fight week. We'll say he fights just once this year. And we'll say, we'll, we'll make it fair. We'll say that Francis Ngannou only fights once this year, that he only, he, he'll only fight Anthony Joshua. So if he's looking at some, somewhere north of 20 million mm. and maybe a few million in, in sponsorships, we'll, we'll just call it 23 million and we'll just call it even at that. Connor, I don't know what he would make. But if you were to look at the two of them, could it be possible that Francis would out-earn Conor McGregor? To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey, Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.